welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Um, this is the podcast. We're talking about all things adventure, endurance sports, and athletes. And, you know, sometimes we, we hit on one of the categories, and sometimes we hit on all three of those. And this week, I am so excited to uh, sit down and chat with Pete Kusselneck um, because he is all of those. He's an adventurer. He's an incredible endurance athlete and, and just at the end of the day, break it down. He's, he's an athlete. He's a, he's an accomplished athlete. Uh, Pete has won the Badwater ultra marathon twice, uh, including setting the current course record, uh, which if you don't know what Badwater is, uh, a few episodes back, I talked to Corey Reese and Corey, has written a book called Into the Furnace, and it's all about this Badwater race. And Badwater is, uh, Badwater is a 135 mile ultra run through Death Valley in July, and I believe it's actually starting. I want to say it's starting next week. If you're like listening to this right when this podcast comes out, um, it sounds like an insane event um it's one of those it's one of the most kind of famous ultra marathons but it's also commonly known as one of the hardest races in the united states and and like i said pete not only won it twice but he holds the course record for it so which is so awesome uh so he's like a badass legit athlete sponsored by hoka um he also did this little thing a couple of years ago where he ran coast to coast across the United States uh, and set the record. So 42 days, six hours, 30 minutes. Um, and we talk a, a bit about that. I'd say like the first half, we kind of talk about Pete's running career. And then we talk about his his record crossing of the United States. And he beat a record that was set in 1980 and people had tried it many times and they weren't able to beat it and then he was able to step up step up and knock it out of the ballpark uh which is so cool um but mostly this is what i'm so excited to talk about this is his next his upcoming event so he did the coast he did the crossing of the united states in 2016 uh he did it in 42 days six hours and 30 minutes just try to wrap your head around that for a second um so insane uh but his newest uh big quest that he's about to take on and this is why i want everyone over the next few months i want you to follow pete on instagram or if you go on facebook it's pete's feet just look up pete's feet across america um and on instagram it's pete and i'll tell you how to spell his name i guess you could look at the title of this podcast but it's pete and then Kustelnik is K-O-S-T-E-L-N-I-C-K. And I want you to follow his journey because it's going to be one of those things where, you know, you can kind of follow someone every single day and be inspired by what they are accomplishing. So Pete is planning on running from Kenai Peninsula in Alaska through the, like, the desert, like, I don't want to say desolate, but like the, the, like, you know, complete wilderness of Alaska 
and Northern Canada, the Yukon. He's going to run all of that and he's going to continue down as he makes a diagonal path across North America and he's going to end in Key West, Florida. And that's 5,319 miles. Um, and he's going to do this by himself. He's not going to be crude. He's going to pack up a running stroller, kind of like one I have in my garage for my, for my two-year-old. He's going to pack that up with his equipment, his food, his supplies, and he's going to push that baby all the way from Alaska to Florida. And once again, it's not an actual baby. It's like <laughs> it's a running stroller full of his supplies. So he's going to go all the way there. Um, I'm so excited. I, I know in the past when I've watched athletes complete some sort of amazing endurance test that takes place over multiple days, I've used it as my inspiration where, you know, I wake up and I'm tired and I might not want to go to the gym. And then if I look on social media and I'm like, oh my God, they're still at it. <laughs> so I think Pete's is going to be the same way. Um, but also with the added you know, being alone in the wilderness kind of thing, which is, which draws me in and it captures my imagination. And I just wish him the best of luck. He's an awesome dude, awesome athlete. Um, and I'm so excited to bring you guys this interview today. Uh, if you guys like this show and this is your first time listening to it, uh, you can find all of our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, if you get a chance they would be super cool if you guys left us a review. Um, we're 102 episodes into this thing, and uh, there's no sign of slowing down. Uh, and I have a bunch of really cool guests coming up. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy this episode number 102 with Pete Kusselneck. So today I am incredibly excited. Um, I have Pete Kustelnik on the phone and, uh, if you haven't heard of Pete, like he's an incredible runner. He has the world record for running across the United States. Um, and now he's preparing for something like as crazy as it sounds, man, it's like you're preparing for something even bigger than running the entire length of the United States. You bet. Yeah. I uh, didn't get. I guess I didn't get enough the first round, so I gotta gotta do it again now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, dude. I'm so I'm so pumped. So, um, especially you know, you're a fellow Iowan, and notoriously on this podcast, I'm like, if there's a fellow Iowan doing something badass, like I definitely want to chat with them. So. So yeah, man, we got to oh, yeah. yep. like represent, like, I think truly think I was one of the greatest States in the United States. So <laughs> absolutely. It's yeah. Gem. Well, can I just great like, place to grow up? Oh, for sure. For sure. So can I just ask you, how did, how did you get into just running in general? And then how did you get into stepping it up into ultra running? Yeah. So, um, I, I, I got into running towards the end of high school. It's actually, you know, I'm not, I'm not like the biggest trail guy to be honest but um actually i i kind of got interested in running when i my family and i we've done a lot of road trips uh, including alaska um <laughs> from iowa but we uh we took a couple road trips that really kind of resonated with me when i was 
uh, like in middle middle school age to early high school. Um, we a couple of those trips were to, one was to Colorado, uh, where we hiked a few 14ers, including uh, Mount Elbert, and then another trip out to uh, California um, to to hike uh, Mount Whitney. And you know, I didn't find out till a long ways later that uh, Mount Elbert is like the basis of the Leadville hundred. And then, uh, Mount Whitney is like the basis of, uh, the Badwater 135. So it kind of, it's kind of come full circle for me, yeah. but, uh, taking those trips, um, just really got me excited about, you know, I was, I was kind of growing up, I was more of like a baseball player. I, you know, I did tennis too a little bit, but, um, it just made me really excited about, you know, that hard work, you know, end of day, you know, feeling like you really earned it. Um, and so that kind of got me, I guess, inspired to do cross country for a couple of years towards the end of high school. And I, I just loved it because, you know, you, you control your own destiny with running. I, I love team sports, but, um, you know, the, the individuality of running is something I've also liked too. Um, and it's, and from there going into college, I, I, I took some time off from running and I put on Oh, I, you know, I was, I probably put on about 30 pounds during college. And then towards the end of college, I had a little more time, uh, to do running. And when I was out in Washington, DC, I heard about this race called the Marine Corps marathon and, um, signed up for it while I was interning out there. And, um, back in 2008 when I was a senior in college and I loved it. And, uh, you know, after that, I, I said, you know, I checked the marathon off the bucket list. I'm never going to run a marathon again. <laughs> um, but then little did I know I'd meet my, uh, now <laughs> who's my wife back at Iowa state, uh, that senior year of college and, and, uh, she, you know, to hang out with her more, um, she liked to run. So I thought, Oh, I, I, I can run. And so she kind of got me <laughs> back into running. She actually beat me, uh, the first couple times we went for a run. And I mean, she, she, we were at an indoor track at Iowa state and, uh, I just remember about two and a half miles in, uh, I had to st- stop to walk, uh, back out of shape after the marathon. And, um, that really got me interested in running again. And, uh, more of a, more from a, you know, going for a time, uh, more f- for competition rather than, um, to finish a race. And so from there, it just kind of one thing led to another, um, did, did Boston a year after that. Um, but then I kind of got burnt out on, on doing marathons. Um, so then in, uh, 2011, I, you know, I started looking elsewhere and, and found some other, um, races that were beyond the marathon. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of, I just kind of kept stepping it up further distances, just kind of getting the bug. And, um, you know, ever since 2011 now for, oh gosh, seven years, I've just love, love the sport and love everything that, um, it's, it's done for me personally because there's, there's just so much more, there's just so many different great things about ultra running, um, the community and the challenge and the awesome races that are so unique out there that, uh, I just haven't really looked back since then. Yeah, man. So how did, how did you do, how was your first marathon? What was that experience like? Were you, did you like excel at that? Because man, you like, you've won some of the hardest races, in the entire world and you know like so during your first marathon did you realize like oh i'm pretty good at this thing 
No, not at all. I mean, I, I ran my first marathon, uh, I think it was about three hours, 35 minutes, which I was actually very, um, pleased with, but you know, I, I mean, three thirty-five is, it's a pretty good time. Yeah. Um, but it's not like it's nowhere near elite or, you know, or, or even qualifying for Boston. So, um, you know, I was just, it was one of those things where I, I loved it, but at the same time, like when I finished, I wasn't thinking like, <laughs> Oh man, I should go sign up for some more races and see if I can win because it was really just a bucket list item. Yeah. Um, ironically, it was the only race I've, I think it's the only race I've ever negative split. Um, that's how terrified I was of, of that marathon, uh, in the distance. Um, I, 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 I did a hundred miler this last weekend. I almost negative split it, but I, I didn't quite get there. So it's still, still my only negative split. So it's probably the wow, smartest race I've ever run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was thinking like, yeah, I always feel, I do feel sometimes in races I start off too slow, but at the same time, if they're really long distances, I'm like, I don't want to burn out. So like, I guess if you're, doing a hundred miler, where does the confidence come from where it's like, no, you know, I'm going to go out hard at the beginning and see where this takes me. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely, I mean, it, it I think 95% of people go out too hard and, you know, I'm, I'm probably one of them. I like to think maybe only 60% of the time I go out too hard, but yeah, yeah it's, just, <laughs> it, it's, it's so hard because it's, it's one of those races where, you know, it's, you're never going to negative split. A, a, I mean, it's to see someone negative split an ultra is, is unheard of. So, um, but at the same time, yeah, it's like, you can never, ever go out too slow. I've, ne- <laughs> I've never, I've never gotten mad at myself for going out too slow during an ultra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when did, um, when did bad water get on your radar? Because, uh, I read, actually, I recently read Corey Reese's book and, you know, he mentions your race in it because you just had an incredible race. So, uh, when did you first hear about that? And, like, why did you decide to that running 135 miles through Death Valley is a good idea? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, I went out to, um, you know, I hiked Mount Whitney when I was 14, 2002. Um, you know, I didn't find out about Badwater till long after that. But it's funny because I was, uh, you know, I was a, I looked, I don't know, I looked more like a, even in college, I looked more like a, you know, baseball player or, someone who doesn't do any sports <laughs> and i i remember uh my freshman year of college i was i i think it was it was either espn magazine or sports illustrated they did that an article on the badwater 135 and i remember reading about it and i the furthest i'd ever run to that point i think was like 12 miles and i i just i remember reading about how ridiculous this race was i think um, I even like mentioned it to a girl I met in college to try to impress her, like saying, God, th- that, that's just one of the most absurd and awesome things I've ever read. Um, you know, I wasn't really reading the magazine to read about running, but, um, you know, I, I would love to, and I told her I'd love to do things like that someday, but, uh, it never really crossed my mind that I actually would sign up for <laughs> a race like that. So, um, that's when I first heard about it. So that would have been like 2009. Um, but then when I started think when I, I didn't really get serious about actually thinking that I would apply or enter the race, um, until about 2013. Um, and, it, but the, I think the the biggest thing that kind of got me over the hump to really start thinking about doing a race like that was meeting Marshall Ulrich, uh, in 2011 at the Pikes Peak Marathon. 
um, right when I was starting to get into ultra marathons, he had, he, he's a 20 time finisher of the race and he's kind of like the, the grand, the, the, the godfather of, uh, that race. And so, um, I guess 2011 was when I started thinking like, all right, that's cool that, you know, I actually know people that have done the race. And then 2013 was like, all right, I, I think I'm starting to get the resume to to do this race. And so it it was actually on my radar for quite a while, just at different levels of, you know, whether or not I would actually, how close I would actually get to the race. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like it seems nearly impossible. And then, and then you meet someone who actually has done it. And you're kind of like, well, they're, you know, they're obviously an amazing athlete, but they're like also just a regular person. And it makes you kind of feel like it makes you inspired. And that's kind of what I actually like about podcasts in general, because you get to hear people explain their stories and you're, you can relate to them. And, you know, obviously it makes it's running across the America or running bad water is still such an amazing feat, but you're like, oh, well, that's that's really cool that that guy can do it, and he sounded like a normal guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's when you hear about the like when I was reading about that article when I was in college, it's like these are like superhumans. And then yeah. um, when I met Marshall, I was like, wow, you know, he 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 eats and sleeps just like me. He's, <laughs> he has a pulse, you know, like <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe like this is something that you know not you don't have to be. <laughs> from out of this world to do so yeah that's a that's a great point it's that's that's i think what kind of got me over the over the hump was realizing that you know he he he's someone who just worked really hard and he got to where he was you know by pure grit really yeah dude but that being said like bad water it just seems so ridiculous like i don't know how here's a question how much fun is bad water it's uh, so I've done it four times. The first and fourth, so the fourth time I did it was last year. The first year I did it was 2014. So I've I've done it every year for four years, and this uh, uh, this year will be my fifth. But uh, it's not fun at all if you have <laughs> a, if you have a bad race. Okay, so the, gotcha. So the faster you get, like the second and third years, like I came in first, it was actually kind of fun. But first and fourth <laughs> years were just terrible because and that's why i have so much respect for the the people that come in you know spending two nights out on the road rather than one like i did when i had the the two good years and so yeah it's it's 10 times worse if if you're out there a lot longer than you intended to be (laughs) yeah yeah man yeah well so yeah what what made it not fun the heat the length or like a combination or what yeah, I think that the first time I did it, it was the heat really got to me, um, and uh, and and, and the nutri- I didn't really know my nutrition that okay. year either, and so I was throwing up, and I I don't know if I actually legitimately processed a calorie like the entire last fifty miles, so like that that was the, the big thing that year, and then last year. Um, the heat really got to me and it was actually kind of humid last year and hazy and there, there was storms before the race and that just added another hurdle. And then later in the race, the sleep deprivation, um, yeah, so that's why like when, when the race doesn't go to plan, it, it just kind of snowballs and then sleep deprivation. And I just remember like squinting at, through the night at the white line and just like almost being half asleep while I was just like 
walking a few miles and thinking like, I wish I could sleep right now, but the bugs are so bad that if I stop, I'm just going to get eaten alive. (laughs) Wow, man. That that was what didn't make it fun. But then the two years in between those uh, where everything was going right to plan, nutrition was great. Um, You know, the heat is always going to get to you, but you know, the heat and the, the climbs, but you know, that it was so much more, so much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So when did you get the idea? Cause I'm, as I'm reading some of the stuff, like the world record for running across the United States was set in 1980. And then there were a handful of people who tr- attempted it and no one could beat. I think it was, I don't know how to say his last name either. <laughs> uh, Frank Giannino. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Frank Giannino. Um, yeah. Uh, that it, yeah, that was one of those things where I also Marshall Ulrich was kind of like, uh, and and Charlie Engel, um, who I've become good friends with both over the years, were kind of like my uh, my uh, people to look up to in in uh, tackling that one. And then of course Frank, he's one of the most incredible guys I've ever met. Yeah. So are you getting like encouraged by all these people to attempt it, or did you come up with the idea on your own? Uh, a little both. Um, so like with, with Marshall, it was like, um, he, he had written a book about it and just reading that book was like the initial, like lighting the fire for me. Um, cause, uh, I, you know, doing all these road trips when I was younger, you know, I, I love seeing the country from the road and then doing some of the most extreme endurance events. It just kind of like fit naturally with, with the two combining the two and reading his book. I was just like, gosh, I, I feel like I'm there with him doing this, like, but I haven't done. And so that was like the initial inspiration. And then, um, a few years later at, uh, Badwater Cape Fear out in, uh, North Carolina, I actually had the pleasure of meeting Charlie Engel, um, who has also attempted to, to break the record. And I kind of mentioned it to him just kind of laughing and, you know, joking like, Hey, we should, we should go for it together maybe. And, um, you know, I did, I, you know, I was mentioning it in 2015, I did in 2016, so I didn't really give him much of a chance to clear his schedule, but and in the end, he actually was a very big, um, he was very instrumental in getting the ball rolling for me, um, by getting a, a very good crew together to do it and, and all the logistics and all the planning. So, yeah, man. um, it was, it was kind of twofold. Then I guess there was also a few nudges from friends of mine that knew that it was something I wanted to go for. And, um, in 2015, when I was starting to, to win some of these longer ultras, they were kind of reminding me, Hey, you know, I know you want to run across America. You haven't really mentioned the record, but I think maybe it's something you could actually do after all these years that no one's broken the record. Wow. And I read uh, just a few stats and like, I don't want to like concentrate on the statistics and the details too much. Cause there's like, you can go online and read all this stuff, but you ran like nine, what was it? Like nine and a half minute miles on average or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was usually Damn, my, dude. kind of my go-to, <laughs> go-to, um, pace. That, um, I, yeah, I, I never really ran anything. I guess the first day, you know, go, just, on fresh legs, I was probably doing somewhere in the eights. Um, but yeah, after that first day or two, it was pretty much, um, you know, nine to 11 minute miles, you know, unless it was, you know, a big climb. 
Um, and that, that's where, yeah, I kind of felt like if I, if I went any slower, I was, um, it, it didn't, it, it wasn't making the, it any easier. So that was kind of my go-to pace. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So who decided the route? Like, did you come up with the route or is there a set one, um, that Frank did previously? Yeah, there's not really a set route. Um, you know, and, and, you know, running across America, well, it's like, well, you know, what? it's not like the Appalachian Trail where it's yeah. a very set um, route. But at the same time, um, you know, a lot of people agree that San Francisco to New York City is kind of the start and end point. So, and that was what Frank did. So I thought, you know, if I want to break Frank's record, I'm going to start just like he did in San Francisco and yeah. finish New York City. And then, you know, really it was, um, from there, it was really, <laughs> you know, starting, you know, we, we have a lot of great tools that you didn't have in 1980. And so it was really just starting with Google walking directions and then making a ton of adjustments, um, you know, based on not avoiding private roads, yeah. um, making sure like avoiding construction. We even had like a little, a, a very small detour later on in Pennsylvania when there was like a flood. <laughs> to avoid a couple bridges um but my sister actually she was kind of uh she was the the eyes in the sky as some of us call her and uh she, she was back in iowa kind of making sure the route was okay as i was running it and she was putting together all these incredible like turn by turn directions for us and and um making sure that like the shoulders were adequate um especially coming in and out of bigger cities and, um, but there were two adjustments that we made. So like, you know, we had Nebraska and Iowa right in the middle, um, to two thirds of the way through the run. And I really wanted to go through two towns, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska and Boone, Iowa. And so we added, how you know, it might've been about, we might've added 20 miles, uh, to make sure that I, I could go through both those towns. And the funny thing is I actually ran, I had lunch on route at uh at my, my wife and i's house at the time in lincoln nebraska and then in boone iowa we actually ran um you know right through town where i lived for uh, like 18 years and then also that same day ran through ames iowa and i didn't even know this at the time but i actually ran by a a, a duplex i lived there so that's crazy, literally ran man. right by three <laughs> three different towns went through three went right by three different places I, I used to live and then just to make it even funnier we we didn't know at the time we'd eventually be moving to ohio uh <laughs> but where i went where i went through in the cleveland akron area uh was a, within a quarter mile of where we're going to be living here soon um in brunswick ohio so <laughs> wow. um the, yeah the route just keeps getting better and uh and so that, yeah, but it was, it was really, you know, the, the main thing was starting in San Francisco and ending in New York city and trying to get the route, uh, close to what Frank's was. I think his was like right at 3,100 miles. And mine was like, I think around 3,070 miles. So just trying to make it as uh, comparable as possible. That's awesome. Did you get emotional running through, like running past all of these places where you had lived or where you were living? Yeah, it, 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 I did. And that was really, um, really one of the things that kept me going, especially out West where it was, um, a little more, I won't say hostile, but just, just a lot more desolate, a lot more less forgiving. 
um, with some of the ups and downs. And, um, yeah, I went, and then when I got, to, I think just getting to Lincoln, Nebraska, and then seeing signs for Lincoln, it was like, it, it was almost like I was going into a town I'd never been to. And then once, like, I started seeing things, it just, like, you almost black out because you're like, I've run by this so many times, but I'm coming, like, from a completely different, I, I ran here, you know, from the Pacific Ocean, and just it's it's just you just kind of like lose yourself for a minute, um, yeah. especially when you like start seeing friends to come out with you and run run with you. That's really cool, man. Uh, it is almost like I don't know. Sometimes if I'm doing a race or some big event I've trained for, I kind of have this feeling of uh, I don't even know how to describe. It. It's kind of like everything I've done up until that point has led to that point or that race or that run, you know what I mean? And it's just funny that you oh, yeah. like literally kind of experienced that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. Is there, was there, was there any town, uh, where just like, you'll, you're like, I'm never going back to that town. Like that sucked. And maybe not even because the town was terrible, but just like it was hard <laughs> at that moment. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I you know a lot of Pennsylvania was like that um, because mm. Pennsylvania just for a few reasons you know it was late in the run. Um, there were actually that I had the most elevation gain of any state in Pennsylvania. It wasn't even the longest state, but it was the most up most elevation gain I had. And, and I mean the elevation gain it's it's not nearly as bad as like you know if you're on the Appalachian Trail per mile, but at the same time the the, the shoulders were really short are really small in, in Pennsylvania for the most part. There was a lot of windy roads, a lot of unpredictable hills. Um, because, like, out west, you know, I, I'd have a big mountain pass to go up and then back down, but it was like I could get into rhythm on that pass. And then Pennsylvania, there was just no rhythm. Like, I was, you know, I'd look at my mile splits, and it's just like, do I walk here? Do I run here? I, I could tell that I was like walk, run, walk, run so many times through that state because it was just so many odd odd way windy roads that didn't have like consistent grade or anything um and then to add just insult to injury there was a lot of rain uh for a couple days and it just there were a couple days where it just rained nonstop, heavy all day and um that was just oh yeah it was that was by far the hardest state on the run yeah dang man and Uh, and and, and some of those in some of those towns in pennsylvania that it, it was eye-opening. Like, I really want to go back to some of those small towns, but at the same time, like, a lot of them were not pedestrian-friendly at all. There's just no... The, the, the sidewalks probably hadn't been touched in, like, a hundred, like 50 years. Yeah. And they're all cracked, and, yeah, it was pretty bad. Dang, man. That's crazy. So you you finished, and you got the record, which is amazing. Like, huge congrats for that. Um how long does it take to even attempt like a recovery from that? Uh, you know, it, 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 it took a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, and looking back on it, I was way too ambitious. Uh, just selfishly, um, I wanted to get back to running. I mean, I finished and then I probably put on like 15 pounds, like the two weeks after. Cause I was, my, yeah. my appetite was just through the roof still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, and it's a sad thing to say, but it's like, all right, I need to go run this way. <laughs> and so like, I was like, all right, well, I know how to do that. And then, um, 
yeah, I just, I, I just, I kind of got back into it too quickly. And, um, you know, I, I, I took, I only took like a week off completely. Um, and then I started doing like well, three mile runs, five mile runs. And then, you know, I was back up to triple digit mileage per week. Probably, it probably wasn't much more than a month later. And looking back on that, I, you know, I, I probably should have held off of the triple digit weeks for at least, um, three months, I would say. Um, because, uh, yeah, it just, there were just a few things that just, um, you know, I didn't really find out that I wasn't fully recovered from until I started racing because you never really know where you're at until you, you hit a race where you're going a hundred percent. Um, so 27, 2017 was a pretty big struggle just because I was, you know, I was so adamant about getting back into the high mileage and then just doing like training, just going berserk on, on training and then finding out it was probably, I was probably getting a little ahead of myself. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, okay. So I really, really, really want to hear about your upcoming project, which is only in a couple of weeks, right? Like, aren't you headed up there in August? Yeah. Uh, I start August 1st. Uh, <sighs> yeah, that's, or that's the plan, you know, yeah. I, assuming, um, I got, I got one, one little race, the bad water <laughs> about a week before, what? Or, I guess nine days. I didn't before. know that you're doing uh, bad water before this. <laughs> yeah. I, so bad water's on July 23rd. So that's just, uh, less than two weeks away. And then, um, and then uh, actually I'm going to fly straight from Las Vegas to, um, Anchorage and, uh, after the race. And then I'm going to, um, my, my goal is to start August 1st from Kenai, Alaska. Um, but yeah, so the, the, this run will take me, um, from Kenai, Alaska to Key West, Florida. I think it has a pretty, pretty cool ring to it. Um, and then I'm, I'm starting, uh, at the Pacific ocean again and start, and then finishing at the Atlantic ocean. And, um, the run across America that I did from San Francisco to New York is about, um, 3,070 miles. This one will be, it's, it's, it might change a little bit. Um, but it's looking like it'll be over, uh, 5,200 miles, uh, from Kenai, Alaska to, to Key West, Florida. So it, it, I'll actually be, I, I looked at it on a map and I'll actually be closer to Beijing, China than I will be to Key West when I start the run <laughs> from Alaska. That's... Um, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm super excited about it. And, uh, this, this one, not only will it be, you know, like two, over 2000 miles further, it'll be self-supported. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's kind of the, that's, you know, beyond the miles, that's probably the, the biggest thing to me is, um, that makes it more challenging is the fact that I'll have to, um, I'll, I'll be, I'll be the only one out there looking out for myself. I, I had four people looking out for me, uh, from San Francisco to New York. And this time, um, I'll be pushing all my gear in a, in a stroller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Well, so when I was thinking about this, um, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, man, that has to be honestly the biggest difference. And the biggest factor is being by yourself is a whole different ball game, a whole different challenge, I guess. Um, so yeah. How do you like, do you have plans on how you're going to handle it? Or are you just going to figure it out on the fly or what? Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, you know, the biggest thing is, uh, is, is rest and, and staying, you know, I, I'll, I'll probably camp, um, a few, oh, I'll have to camp probably a few times at least on this run. And, and, you know, maybe later on I'll, 
I'll enjoy you know the 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 cheaper accommodations of camping. But uh, yeah. I'll, the, the main thing is I'll, I'll I'll try to stay in motels as, as often as I can, um, and so that that that'll be big. And I, I've scouted out all, the whole route so far, um, especially the first two thirds, because you know if if the route does have to change mid run, I don't want to put too much too many eggs in one basket later in the run, but um, yeah, I, I, it, I, that was the first thing I did when I thought of this run about a, probably about a year and a half ago now was to make sure that, you know, I'm not going because the Alaska highway is so remote. There are sections where you could go up to a hundred miles without reliable services or gas stations. Um, but that's the biggest thing is rest and that, you know, having a good night's sleep. So that, that was the number one thing. But then also is, you know, you want to have good nutrition as well. And so, um, making sure that there's, you know, the good thing about ultra running is you don't have to necessarily eat the healthiest, but you do want to get, um, quality calories and then, you know, and nutrients as well. And so I think, um, there's going to be some times where, you know, I'm just going to have to eat what's available, but, uh, for the most part, it also looks like there's, um, good restaurants along the way that, um, will, will keep me fueled and, and going. Yeah. So, how yeah you talked about the 100 mile stretches of not seeing anybody or any like civilization how much of that is through the yukon in canada because i don't like looking at your route i was like man and i've never been up there so i might not really have a good picture of what it's like but it just seems like that area is going to be so like desolate of any any sort of people or any sort of like gas stations or or any place where you can resupply Am I am I right or am yeah. I like totally wrong here? Yeah, yep, yep. You're 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 right, and uh, the, yeah, that the worst um, stretches will be right along the Canada Alaska border, um, where yeah, there, there's a lot of sections where I mean, the good thing is that the Alaska Highway, it's a you know they they keep it going um, all the time because it's such an important. Um, it's such an important highway for logistics, but, um, yeah, there will be sections where, all right, Pete, you got 60 miles to the next gas station or motel. You better stock up here. So I've, 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 I've have, I have a little laminated cheat sheet for the entire run. And especially those first, um, first couple thousand miles where, where it's vital for me to, to, to fill up and, um, you know, fill up water as well and, and drinks and and make sure that i have what i need for sometimes for food i'll need to stock up for two to three days yeah um at a time yeah man so and then are you you're just planning on kind of like camping on the side of the road uh in those sections yeah there, there's a couple times there's a couple times where i might do like what i'm calling a double day where um it might be you know, 80 to a hundred miles between, um, between services. And in those, in those situations, I'm going to try to, um, go for it all, all at once. Um, you know, not, not in race mode, obviously, but, um, the, the good thing is the days are really long up there at this time of the year. Uh-huh. Um, not quite as long in August, but still, um, you know, the, the daylight or twilight is, it stretches out pretty far. And, um, so those days I might, you know, I might have to do 90 miles and then, 
Um, but I'm not superhuman, so I'll probably take the next day off yeah. completely. And then uh, once I get to a reliable place, rather than trying to do, you know, 45 miles and camp along the side of the road and be all nasty, disgusting, and <laughs> with no reliable food, I think that's probably the what I'm just going to have to do. Yeah. Wow, man. So... <laughs> That's just, it just almost blows my I'm looking at the map of it right now. And I mean, I know, I know that you have to just break it down into sections, right? Like of how you're running this. Um, but do you have like a set pace that you're shooting for? Or is, or is this more of like, a, I want to complete it. Um, you know, it doesn't matter as how long it necessarily takes. Yeah. Yep. Um, much more about finishing. Um, and instead of, you know, chasing a certain, certain goal, I, I have a couple of goals in mind that I'd like to do. I mean, um, you know, if I can do the, the, sometimes what, what I've noticed is, you know, especially with a race like Badwater where the faster you go, the less junk you need to take with you. And so, you know, if I, if I was doing 20 to 30 miles a day, I might actually have to stock up more, um, you know, because I might have to stock up for five days at a time. So, um, you know, 50 miles per day is, is kind of the, the, the goal, I guess, um, on average, you know, it might, it might be some days where I do 30 to 40 miles, some days where I do 60 miles. Um, but that, that's kind of the goal I have in my head because that, that'll make logistics a lot easier if I can get to 50 miles on average, yeah. um, throughout the run. Yeah. Is it going to be a, like, I just think it's going to be such a weird feeling going from the Yukon and like Alaska into, you know, once you get down into the actual United States, going through towns and, and things like that, or did you design it to be mostly kind of rural roads? Yeah. I, you know, I, I do like the fact that it's mostly rural. Um, yeah, it actually, you know, from any, you know, Kena Anchorage isn't even that big. And so from Anchorage to Edmonton, <laughs> uh, you know, in uh, Alberta, it's it's quite a jaunt um, with no cities really more than, you know, 10,000 people. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to, I think I will like that because I, yeah. I think, the, you know, the, the services seem just good enough um, for what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, then once I get in, even when I get into the lower 48, I'll be going through North Dakota and some pretty rural areas of Minnesota. Um, which I, I think I like, and I'll, it, it, it's looking like I'll, the biggest city I'll go through, um, on the run will be, or the biggest cities will be in the last third, okay. uh, which I'm kind of not looking forward to too much because I, I know how stressful it is to run through, um, bigger cities. Yeah. Um, so Nashville and, um, the outskirts of Orlando and then parts of Miami will be a bit of a headache so i'm not looking forward to those at all <laughs> yeah man so oh man so where are you going where are you going through in iowa first of all do you know? uh so in iowa i'm uh, yeah i'm going through um it's it's cool because you know i'm not going to go through my hometown again uh in central iowa but i'll be going through northeast iowa so uh -huh. like kind of east, just just east of mason city um and then i'll be going through cedar falls which is where my one of my sisters live lives, and so I can, I'm, I'm actually going to try to stay the night at her house. Um, and the cool thing about this is I'm, I'm 
my goal is to not have to leave the course, just like I, I did when I ran from San Francisco to New York and staying in an RV alongside the road. Um, my goal is to always, uh, you know, if I, if I do go stay at someone's house, I'm going to run there. Um, so hopefully not more than a mile or two <laughs> off the route. Yeah. But, uh, but, but it, and then after our Cedar Falls, it'll be cool because I, I will go through the, uh, Quad Cities. Ah, that's what I thought. across the Mississippi. Yeah. And I'll, I'll overlap my last run across America, um, in Eastern Iowa on Highway 30, which is, you know, Highway 30 is kind of the highway I grew up on. And, um, I'll go, my, my, uh, one of my brothers, he's, well, I guess both my brothers have always called, my nickname from them has always been Clarence. And so I'll get it run through Clarence, Iowa again. So that'll be, that'll <laughs> <Yeah>. be cool. <laughs> That's cool, man. So when you're looking at this whole entire thing, um, what, what are like some of the major obstacles that you're anticipating and how are you preparing for them? And how are you, yeah, calming, you how are you calming your mom down when she worries about this stuff? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, I guess, you know, the, the most glare, one of the most glaring ones to me going into it, just because, you know, a lot of times when we do runs, we don't really, we don't anticipate like, you know, injuries and things like that. So, you know, going in, I, I really need to appreciate the fact that I won't have a massage therapist with me <laughs> like yeah. I did Cinder. She's amazing um, across America the last time. So um, treating and, and then, you know, um, having someone who with a lot of medical advice and uh, Dean like last time was and, and Chuck too was, was big. Um, or, and then, you know, having someone that can run and, and get stuff for me to, to help with that stuff uh, and Tracy. And so, um, not, not having that is scary and I think it's going to be scarier as I go along. So that's one of my main, you know, things that scares me. Um, maybe the most like trivial one that scares me is grizzly bears, yeah. um, and other wildlife, especially up in, uh, up in Alaska and, and Northern Canada. So, um, I, I did pack, uh, two cans of bear spray, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which I hopefully won't have to use, um, and then, so I, yeah, I guess outside of physical and, and, you know, wildlife, um, I, I think much more so than wildlife when I get out there is, um, it's dangerous to run on the roads and I, you know, I appreciate how dangerous it is. And, um, so safety is, is huge for me. And so, um, you know, I, when I'm, hopefully I won't be doing too many miles in the dark, if any, uh, but there probably will be some days where I am in the dark. Uh, wearing, you know, reflective gear, wearing blinky lights. Um, and um, I also have a little sign on my stroller that's neon yellow. It says Kenai to Key West. It'll hopefully uh, be good for or help drivers see me from far, far away distances. Because um, even when I when I was was running without a stroller last time across America, it was pretty dangerous and i mean there were more close calls than i i think i'd like to admit yeah yeah that's terrible like whenever i see people road biking on the side of the road and semis going right by them like that freaks me out a little bit yeah and, and, and you know that, that actually gives me com i mean sadly kind of gives me comfort because yeah. it's like well if they're riding on the right side <laughs> yeah. of the road they yeah. can't not seeing traffic you know and, and you know right on the road you know it gives me hope that being on the shoulder on the other side and seeing traffic will um, hopefully be a little bit safer. True. Totally, man. Uh, how do you, 
how are you going to entertain yourself on this? Like during those long stretches, like what do you, what does your mind think about or what do you do to like either entertain or distract yourself? Yeah. You know, I'm pretty good about, and sometimes it's almost to a fault. Um, and it's part of the reason I'm, I'm really excited about this run is, um, when I ran across America last time, it was, I didn't stop to look at anything really. It was like, all right, go, 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 go. You know, every minute is a minute that you can't rest at the end of the day that you're, if you spend, you know, dilly dallying, you know, taking pictures. So I, I never ran with my cell phone or anything that time. Um, but this time, you know, with a stroller, I'll have to have all my gear with me, including my cell phone. And, um, yeah, I got some Bluetooth speakers. So I'm really looking, ex- I'm looking forward to listening to music. Cause I didn't listen to any music. Um, then so you know i think that'll provide you know a little a little bit of uh sanity to me um when i'm on those 50 100 mile stretches with (laughs) no town um but and also just you know it's soaking in a little more i you know i like i said i didn't really stop to you know there's so many places that i wanted to stop along the way you know like in especially places i wasn't as familiar with like going through Utah, you know, I wish I could stop at that, you know, old saloon along the road or, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, stop at, or Ohio, stop at that, you know, old, old school looking restaurant that, you know, has been there for over a hundred years. And, um, I think that's things like that, but, you know, and just the, it's so beautiful up there and, you know, it's, I'm really looking forward to sharing because I, I, I did, um, I did this this route, or I, I guess we drew back in 1999 with my family, we, we drove the Alaska highway to Alaska and, um, you know, taking pictures, you know, stopping, looking around and then sharing that with everyone through Instagram or Facebook every day or whenever I get service will be something I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, each, each day, you know, it's kind of like an episode and, um, when I ran across America last time, you know, I, I remember every single day of those 42 days, um, very vividly. And, and, you know, each day was just magical. And, um, you know, like, it's like just, you know, like a, a double season of, of your favorite show, uh, you know, 42 episodes this time I'll have a, you know, like a quadruple (laughs) season of, you know, maybe like a hundred episodes that, um, you know, I'm really excited to see it play out you know, a lot of things will go wrong, but, um, you know, just, I'm just so excited about taking some really cool photos and, you know, maybe start taking videos for the first time ever and, yeah. um, sharing that with everyone because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a part of the world that I think a lot of people would, you know, I think a lot, when a lot of people think of driving to Alaska, they're like, that's the most, that's just absurd. Like, no, who does that? And, but if I can run all the way from Alaska to Florida, you know, maybe, maybe a few more people will, you know, appreciate the beauty that I'm, I'm sharing back home and then, you know, do the trip themselves someday. Yeah, man, dude, I love that. You're going to inspire so many people, not only to just run or exercise, but you're right. Like to go visit these amazing places, um, which is awesome, man. So where can people follow you, uh, on this adventure? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it, you know, as simple as I can. Yeah. Um, you know, Pete, Pete Kostelnik, um, on Instagram, I'm going to share a lot of cool stuff there. I'm you know, my goal is to share, you know, like a daily, you know, recap on there. And then, um, Pete's feet across America on Facebook. Also, uh, I'm going to try to keep that 
keep that a lot of updates on there. And then um, w- with that, there I also have a I'll have a uh, map showing like live tracking where I'm at. Sweet, um, that's cool. That'll be yeah, and uh, that'll be um, share. It, I'll, I'll have a link on on there somewhere, but it'll just be share.garmin.com. Okay, slash. Peter Kostelnik, it will be the the link for that. That's cool. That way, the rest of us can wake up in the morning, and the days we want to skip our workout, we can just bring that map up, and we're like, "God, he's still going for it." <laughs> I need to go to the <laughs> <I> gym. Know. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. I mean, when I when I hit low points, it's like you know, I'll be out in the middle of Yukon territory running, and then I'll think, you know, this little device that's you know pinging my location, you know, every I don't know ten minutes. You know, people are, you know, maybe there's just a few people back home right now that are following it. Who knows? But, um, you know, I, I think that's really cool. And that, you know, honestly, that gives me a little boost to know that, you know, in, in some way I'm not alone out there. Totally, man. And I think here's my one request. I think you should totally rag this thing and like in Alaska, put your left foot in the Pacific Ocean and then in Florida, put your right foot in the Atlantic Ocean. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yep. You bet. Yeah. Um, definitely. Because that was, you know, that was the thing, you know, running across America was I, I, you know, I, it would have been the same mileage anyways, because I have all the weird turns I had to take to get there. But I started at San Francisco city hall and finished in New York city hall. So I, I technically didn't do the dip and, you know, I, I'm not, I don't really regret it, but at the same time, I think this one will be a little more meaningful to me and, if I can, I might take a little bit of Pacific Ocean water with me the whole way. And oh, that would rock. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> cool, man. That rocks. Totally, yeah. yeah. Well, but, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's amazing, man. I'm so excited to follow your adventure. And like I said, it's like, it's going to act for me to like daily inspiration to just do, you know, whatever I want to accomplish. I can be like, well, this guy's running 5,000 miles. So surely I can do, you know, whatever I'm doing. So it's, which is super cool, man. So thank you for that. Oh yeah. No, it's, I, you know, there's, there's, you know, I've, I've seen some really cool ones over the years like this, that, you know, where there, you know, there's a couple guys I know out there, one guy on the Appalachian trail, Harvey Lewis and Dave Proctor up in Canada running across Canada right now. And, you know, it, it, it brings me inspiration. So I'm, I'm always happy to, to do my part as well (laughs) that's awesome man well thank you so much for doing the show and uh man i would love to have you back on uh at some point months after recovery and resting after this thing (laughs) absolutely yeah let's hope i if i yeah when i make it i'd love to love to join you again awesome man well thank you pete and uh good luck man good luck you got it (laughs) all right thanks man i really appreciate it i had a great time all right see ya uh, once again, huge thanks to Pete. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Uh, really appreciated it. I was really excited, dude. I nerd out over all these adventure, ath- like adventure quests, I guess, you know, a quest. I always say like quest is kind of the best word to describe something like this, man. Cause it's multi, I mean, multi-month, <laughs> a multi-month endurance event, uh, where you're journeying from one point of the country all the way to another point. And man, I'm just, as I'm looking at your map, I'm just imagining the different, like even just the different kind of nature you'll see and the different wilderness you'll see, but not only that, but just like 
dude, you look at this, this is 5,000 miles worth of adventures, you know, like each mile might be a different adventure. Um, and it's kind of exciting. It's like, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to arise from this thing? And sometimes I feel like by just starting and just doing something that might be outside of outside of the norm some really cool things can come from it that you might not even expect and that you probably won't expect um and i'm excited i'm excited for it for pete because i think that this kind of adventure i mean this is like the extreme of it but like this kind of thing like like promotes that and you know it it'll allow these really cool uh opportunities to arise um as he goes which is which is super cool so once again guys make sure you're following his journey i know i am i'll like be nerding out about this every single day so that's super cool um so i wanted before i let you guys go uh i've been reading this book legacy and it's hilarious if you've listened to the podcast because you have to be thinking like, dude, you were reading that book like six weeks ago. And yes, I was, <laughs> but I did the thing where I read like half of it and then I put it down and I didn't touch it for like three weeks and now I brought it back up. So, um, legacy is about the all blacks rugby team in New Zealand, like one of the best club sports teams, uh, of all time. It's a great book. It's about some of the lessons that they apply to their own and like their own philosophies that make them great. Uh, and I found a couple of quotes that I thought were, were really cool. Um, this one actually isn't even from the, the all blacks rugby team. It's cause he kind of compares it to some of these other great thinkers. Uh, so this is from Steven Pinker, who's a psychology professor. Um, and he says that wisdom consists of appreciating the preciousness and oh man, finiteness <laughs> of our own existence and therefore not squandering it. Um, and I just thought that quote really related to, to the podcast this week. So appreciate the preciousness of your life and understand that it's not going to be infinite, you know, and why would you squander it? You know, and sometimes that means signing up for these amazing adventures or like setting off on this really cool path. Um, and then other times it means really just appreciating the moment you're in. Uh, maybe that is appreciating the comfort when you're at home at night and you just went through a long day of work and and maybe you you spent all day doing a to do list and now you're sitting around with your kids like that's a moment not to zone out. It's a moment to really appreciate because you're probably in in your house you're probably sitting on something comfortable and you probably have these people who absolutely love you sitting around um and just spending time with you and that's super important too um and then on the other hand you know if you're running through the yukon you can appreciate just probably how you are doing you are in a place that most people have not been in and you get to see all these really cool, interesting um, things that, and experience all these things that a lot of people don't get a chance to experience in their life. And so um, appreciate that. I mean, we, we do. It's 
each moment can be precious if you open your eyes up to the beauty that's around you. And I know that's like kind of a cheesy thing to say, but it is true. Um, sometimes you just got to get out of your own head and jump into the actual moment that you're in. And for the most part, the moment that you're in most times is pretty peaceful. Um, and so you can actually start training your brain to actually think that way. And it's way less stressful um, to do that. Um, and then the last part here um, that I found the other day, which I thought was really good. And I'm looking for the exact quote. I don't know why, because I feel like I already know it. But it basically just says, um, it's talking about integrity and uh, how powerful integrity is. And integrity really is just like lining up your the way you act and the way you think to your core values and not being like out of out of sync with that because i think we've all had moments where we're out of sync and we're like oh man i'm not acting like the person i really believe i am and integrity is actually doing that and uh one of the things is doing what you say you're gonna do so i thought this was so simple it was it just is amazing i'm like oh yeah i wish everyone would do this so it says every morning write a list of the things that need to be done that day that's step one just write a list of things that need to be done. Step two, do them. Pretty simple. Um, <laughs> for for you know people like Pete, that means run. Just keep running every day uh, on your quest, and you'll get closer and closer and closer to Key West. Um, for the rest of us, you know, that might mean like for me, for instance, I. I do. I do this every morning. I make a list of things that need to be done. And most days I actually get every single one of them done, which is good. Um, you know, so it could be something like call someone about a skunk living in your backyard because your cat was sprayed last night and you were attacked the other day. Could be something like that, you know, hypothetically. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But anyways, that's where I want to leave you guys this week. I hope you guys have been enjoying the show. Like I said, I have a lot of really cool episodes planned um i'm a teacher on summer break so i've actually recorded quite a few of them at this point uh next week i'll just kind of let you know what's coming up uh next week i get an opportunity to chat with uh katra corbett who just set an fkt on something called the john Muir ramble uh, it's like 350 miles um she's amazing the she shares all about her adventure on that and she's ran more ultra marathons than anyone on ultra sign up I've ever seen. Now there might, there's probably people that may have ran more, but I'm just saying me personally, if I look up someone on ultra sign up, I looked up Katra and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And she's done so much more too. So come back next week. Uh, that's the show then. And, um, yeah, if you guys like this, please leave a review on iTunes. That would rock. So, uh, but more importantly, why don't you guys go do something awesome this week and uh, really kind of like experience life and love life. So, all right. See you guys.